You've seen her fly, now watch her move to a brand new network. The CW has a new hero when Supergirl lands October 10th. It's the season two premiere of the show critics call Pure Blissful Fun. This season, the Man of Steel will finally be revealed. Supergirl's Melissa Benoist teams up with Tyler Hoechlin, the newest Superman in the DC Universe. It's a superhuman family reunion when these Kryptonian cousins join forces in the fight for justice. And if you're wondering if the next president will be a woman, we have your answer. Because Linda Carter, the original Wonder Woman, guest stars as Supergirl's commander-in-chief. Even though Supergirl has her hands full fighting evil full-time... Kara Danvers is facing changes as challenges of her own. She knows what it takes to be a hero, but Kara is trying to figure out how to fit in with the human race while taking on a new job, new friends, and a new love who's out of this world. An evil corporate empire will rise that bears the name of an age-old nemesis, Luthor. Supergirl and Superman come face-to-face with Lex Luthor's next of kin, Lillian and Lena. And as you might suspect, the Luthor family shares a passion for power that can only be satisfied by a different kind of green. Kryptonite. Supergirl. All new episodes starting Monday, October 10th, now only on The CW. Supergirl. All new episodes every Monday, now only on The CW. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Anatomy of Movie. Today's destination is Deepwater Horizon, the disaster movie directed by Peter Berg, so stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Deepwater Horizon starring Mark Wahlberg. We're talking about it. We have Marissa Serafini. Welcome, Marissa. Hello, everyone. Yes. And I'm Phil Svitek. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, we'll make some comparisons to Sully. So if you haven't seen that, um, definitely would recommend that because there's a lot of similarities um, as well as other disaster movies. We'll talk about the budget because I think that, uh, that that plays a lot into it. And as always, uh, the forewarning that we have is we assume that you've seen the movie, so therefore it will be very spoiler-filled. So if you haven't seen the movie, go out and check it out. Or if you just don't care, then you've been warned. Also, you can download the rundown so to follow along kind of all the things that we're discussing and, and uh, some of the things that we might not necessarily discuss but that uh, we're pulling from as we make our arguments. And as always, let's start with overall thoughts, starting with you. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. I wasn't, I went into it knowing what it was about, and I, I wasn't expecting what I saw. I really, more so, like, I wasn't, I didn't exactly know what to expect, more so. Um, like, I remember the day the oil rig explosion blew up, because I was actually in college at the time, I was back home over Chris, uh, not Christmas, uh, spring vacation, and I remember in the morning, my mom was like, did you hear about the golf spill? I'm like, what? Um, so I I do remember that day clearly, and I remember the day they finally capped it. So it was a big moment in U.S. history just recently. And, I, you know, I was really, I went into this film, like, expecting, how are they going to handle this? Because it was so recent. And I think they did a really good job. They showed a perspective that we as like regular audience members people who don't work in that type of industry wouldn't need well like wouldn't know and i i I liked how they showed everything that led up to it what i appreciated about it was that i'm with you it was sort of matter of fact these are blue collar guys they're doing their job they just happen to work on an oil rig um you know they're not necessarily bad people um you know they're just trying to they're just trying to ultimately uh do their job And, and as much as you know, BP is kind of coming out and saying the various things about the movie. However, in, in in all fairness, they were, 
yes, they were sort of villainized because you sort you need that type of thing in, in narrative structure. But at the same time, the way you look at it, like they were on the oil rig. <laughs> Yeah. It's not like they were in London or wherever and being like, oh, just go ahead and do it. Like, they were still there and, and took the same sort of risk. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting way to tie that in. And um, overall, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, half the movie was obviously kind of the ver- various setups. Um, and then once once the action got going, which is crappy to say because obviously it's, it's, act- it's real life, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and in some sense... Um, it's not a snuff film, but, you know, I mean, there's there's that kind of controversy of like, okay, you know, especially with Peter Berg now, he's also going to be doing Patriot's Day, which is about the the Boston um, Marathon. Mm-hmm. You know, is he just cashing in on this type of stuff? Well, my thought is like, it's interesting to kind of learn history and, you know, and, and the way he does it, it's a, it has a very documentary feel. And so therefore, I almost feel like it's, it's, it's worthwhile us knowing he's not just cashing in, like he genuinely cares about this yeah. um, subject matter. Um, I, and I really liked it, and I think it's good that he cares so much that he wants to like really portray it in a positive light. I mean, and some people might not like the fact that it is it does hit so close to home for people, but I think if he does it in a tasteful way, then a lot of people can actually enjoy it and learn from these type of situations. Yeah, you've seen Sully, yes? Yes, yes. I have. Of course, because we did it. <laughs> um, so definitely check out that anatomy. Um, I want to, you know, I do want to just really, before we fully dive in, kind of compare it to that to this. Because that's a movie, while it's a quote-unquote disaster movie, it has a happy ending, right? You mm-hmm. know the ending, like they land, everyone's safe and whatnot. Here, um, unfortunately, there's, might be heroes, but the overall thing is, is not a good one, right? And I think that automatically just kind of sets it up, you know, um, to, to be compared in a way where Sully obviously is doing a lot better than right now Deepwater Horizon is. Right. I, I mean, and if you think about it, Sully is a more po- has a positive ending to the real life event. There were survivors and and this situation was so unexpected as in Sully, but there unfortunately there were fatalities. And so there is going to be some sadness lingering to what we already know in real life. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of bad that we are comparing the two, but this one does unfortunately have a sadder ending. It does, and, you know, what, what, what I can appreciate about both, though, is that, you know, the, the quote-unquote heroes, at the end of the day, they're just kind of doing their job. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't look at themselves as heroes. They're very calm under the pressure, um, doing sort of the best that they know how based on the training that they received and, and overall, um, you know, making the best of it. Now, obviously, in Sully, he, as we said, there's no one that uh, ultimately dies. In this one, it's one of the more sadder moments in the entire movie when you have Kurt Russell just reading out the names and just nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. And and then that, that sad realization that no one's responding because they have, that they did die. Um, and, and again, it's like I think this what this film did so well is to show you know, not just like the system of like fact-checking each other or like just 
checking each other's, you know, that whole to-do list of checking each other's work and making sure that everything is done properly so the next team can come in and do their jobs, you know, that um, that check and balance system that wasn't executed properly, therefore led up to this explosion. And it's not really to point fingers, but it just shows where, like, it started crumbling and where the disconnect was that led to a big event like this. Here's what I'm going to say, right? And, and again, I apologize because we're diving deeper than I thought um, right off the bat. But, you know, what, what I appreciated about it initially, um, they they didn't quite make it look like – remember in Titanic, they make the Titanic like a marvel at the first half of the be- uh, uh, the movie? Right. And in this regard, like the fact that man has made a, this floating island in, in some sense, mm-hmm. you kind of have to stop and wonder of like it's pretty damn cool. It is. I mean, and it just shows, like, how well man can put together, you know, things built by hand and just, like, the technology that has involved to keep it floating, literally. Yes, indeed. But here's the scary part about all of it. I might frighten a lot of you guys, unfortunately. You know, yes, obviously, you know, when you, you, you're talking about the things that went wrong and mm-hmm. the, the, the margin of error. In life, there's so many things that we do, whether construction or or anything else beyond that, right? Uh, where if you really stop and think about it, the margin of error is so... Is it big or small? What's worse, big or small? And mm, I'd say big. <laughs> all right, the, room, the, the margin of error... No, sorry, the margin of error is so small, right? Meaning you, you don't have a lot of wiggle room. Oh, right, um, okay. That, uh, and yet, you know, we're, we're willing to take certain risks in, in, in the name of progress, you know, to achieve something. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the time it works out. In this scenario, not so much. No, I and mean... And that's a scary thought. It is very scary because, like, that kind of just goes back to... You mentioned Titanic, and I just remember, like, the one man who was always encouraging for the boat to go at its top speeds just so they can make headlines like, hey, this is the fastest ship you know, like luxury ship that can reach these top levels of speed. But, and he encouraged it so much that had they gone at a, like a regular speed and they weren't speeding, they would have slowed down enough to not hit the iceberg, you know? Mm. So it's situations like that where had all these things been done properly first, they wouldn't have had exploded. Well, but is it, you know, you can say it's properly, but even that regard, like, just like with the men from BP, he was on the Titanic, you know what I mean? And, and and he really did believe that it could hit top speeds and that there was nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, again, it's one of those, yeah, you're, 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 uh, you're riding fast, like, I don't know. Whatever the t- phrase, I, I don't know any metaphors <laughs> anymore, I'm losing it. Um, but let's take a step back. Um, this, this whole movie came about, obviously, because of the, the real-life events, but more specifically the New York Times article. Um, written by David Barstow and uh, David uh, Rode and Stephanie Saul. Published December 25th, 2010. So later on in the year, which it happened. Very much, because this was in April. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think it was good that, I mean, it's still relevant during that year, and people still know about it, and, like, they had just probably capped. How long did it take them to cap it? I it took, say it was it like, took about 10 days. Okay, yeah. It took a while um, because of so much oil, but it's still relevant in one of the biggest environmental disasters. And so I think it's good to, like, still 
inform people of what happened because they know so much, but then, like, oh, here's well, th- This was also conclusive, as conclusive as it could have been because, you know, you, you kind of went through the, um, you know, the research phase of it, trying to figure, right, just like in Sully, they were trying to figure out, okay, what caused this, right? So mm-hmm. um, you, even though we didn't see that in the movie, that's where the article comes in is now now we know kind of what the cause of it is, why it happened the way it did. Um, people have, you know, were put on trial and weren't. And so it, it's kind of, it's more of a recap rather than like, you know, the headline of like oil rig spills. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's good. I actually haven't read this New York Times, but I want to. So if, I mean, if it informs people more of what happened, then I'm all for it. Well, it'd be interesting. I mean, there's got to be a more conclusive thing now too, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, that, that was written the year. Now, now we're pretty much almost six years after the fact, so think of how much we know now, um, you know. Yeah, and, like, being, like, six years later, we can know, like, how much it actually affected the environment, um, the, the long-lasting effects. So I think there'd be a lot more variables to it that we'd learn afterwards. Indeed. Um, also, again, another scary part of it, everyone, because it's true, it's it's the, the biggest oil spill in U.S. history. But the key mm-hmm. word there is U.S. U.S., <laughs> That means there's been worse oil spills outside of the U.S. Um, and that's, uh, that's a scary thought. That is. And to, to note that this was on American soil, but like it, it does really technically hit home. But I'm, I'm glad that they figured it out and like as, as fast as they can. I mean, I remember there was a lot of trial and errors of trying to put on different caps to successfully um, cap it. But... I mean, it, it does take time. It's technology. And how do you fight a literally gushing flow of oil mm-hmm. when you're trying to, like, just make something big enough and strong enough to hold? Well, we'll certainly... Uh, they didn't get into that in, in obviously, the movie. But um, but we'll talk more about that. Uh, Matthew Sand and... Uh, uh, he was... Matthew Sand uh, Matthew Michael Carhan, they, they were um, slated to write this movie. Um, Matthew Michael had worked on uh, World War Z previous, State of Play, and The Kingdom, uh, The Kingdom being another movie by Peter Berg. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, those films, I mean, there's some action in it and, like, disasters more so. So I think it definitely, this film is kind of a mix of both. And I, I definitely think with the, those accolades under the belt that they, they were able to do this one. So I think they get it did a good job in the writing. I, I understood what happened. Um, the, the whole banter between, like, the co-workers to each other, like, I get their, their friends, their co-workers, but when I got anything technology, I'm like, it's over my head. But I believe them because it was so, like, off the tongue and so fast-paced dialogue. I was like, they know what they're doing. Yeah. I, I did appreciate that. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm curious as to who um, who you fully attribute that to, whether it's the writers or um, initially they had J.C. Chandler who was supposed to direct, and due to quote-unquote creative differences, he bowed out, and there comes in Peter Berg, and his whole notion was that he really wanted to honor uh, the people that died and to, 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 to tell it in a way where there are um, – there were heroes in – Despite the disaster, right? And mm-hmm. obviously, uh, Mark Wahlberg's character is one of those people, as well as Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Peter Berg did a good job showing 
each person individually for like their split moment in time watching the film and like afterwards i think the most memorable people are obviously Wahlberg and uh john malkovich because he was so dislikable in the movie but i and honestly and i don't mean to sound terrible but i don't really remember the guys that actually did die on the oil rigs i mean we got their names but i don't remember what they looked like i don't remember what they contributed so, most of them were in the mud room yeah the, the mud room the mud. everyone died pretty much in the mud room pretty much and like i, I remember them but like their names and uh like i really don't remember but we we did see them and i think they had it showed really well their valiant effort of like when it first exploded what they were going through how they were trying to contain it and unfortunately couldn't um i think that was a really well done sequence um, I agree. And I thought Gina Rodriguez, they gave her, uh, obviously, she was based on a real person. Um, but the way she, I thought they gave her a lot to play with, you know, and it was a great acting exercise. And um, the most powerful moment for me with her, besides them jumping off the rig w- w- between Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. was when, you know, uh, her supervisor is saying, you don't have the authority to, to, to basically unlatch that or whatever it was. Um, and she's like, no, we have to do this. Yeah. And then Kurt Russell comes and he's like, why didn't you do this? She's like, but, but, but it's, it's just very interesting because, you know, in, in that regard, you can see her from his perspective, like there is a certain protocol mm-hmm. and you can't just, you know, um, whatever the corporate structure, if you will. Yeah. Do what you think. Yeah. I noticed that too. And it was also very frustrating because it wasn't just her character. I was like, I was glad for her that she tried to stick up. And do what she thought was right and necessary. But in fact, fortunately, that held her back. But it wasn't just her character. Because I noticed throughout the movie that there were other people in other situations. They're like, should we cut it off? And they're always asking each other, should they do it? Rather than getting the actual command from the person who's in charge. And there's like a big bureaucratic system on this oil rig. And I think had the people in the top weren't so, you know dismissive and combative a little bit and defensive on some certain aspects things could have gone gone differently if people actually gave orders right from the get-go well you know but it just goes to show like these aren't these are tough orders to give like ultimately how do you fully know you you, Mm -hmm. you can only know so much and you base it off experience you base it off of math as much facts as you can gather um but you know, it's it's uh, sometimes it's not. A, there's certain variables that you're not gonna know, and uh, you know they can lead to this. Yeah. So um, it doesn't always work out that way. I do want to. It, 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 it's become. Amy, Amy Schumer did a whole sketch um, on this, and I have yet to see it. But basically, like the women at home, it seems to be a trailer. Like Sully okay. had the woman at home. Uh, Laura Linney, right? That, yep, Laura Linney. Uh, and obviously Kate Hudson is the woman at home here. Just the woman on the other end of the line. Just waiting at home, being like, oh my god. Uh, and I think I can even date back to uh, Apollo had it correct, where like the woman yeah, are waiting. Yeah, the, the wife was there. Um, and there was an ABC show called The Astronaut Wives. Mm-hmm. Right? It was basically the wives at home while the astronauts go. So yeah. um, it's becoming more of a more of a thing. You know, if you're the actress doing it, it's not really much you know, of an accolade to to play that part, but... I mean, like, it might not be an accolade, but it's also 
better for the audience too because they are the voice of the audience because they're the people who aren't in the know and so is the audience usually and I, I liked it every time we did go back to Kate Hudson's character it was kind of like that moment to breathe from all the explosions and we just we're, we feel like we're in the hot fiery rooms with them but uh, every time we went back to like Kate Hudson or like the news or something it was that moment to be and like take it all in mm-hmm. yeah and you know when the daughter comes in that was a very powerful scene when she's you know not now baby mm-hmm. um just trying to protect the daughter from from all of this but also just breaking down at the same time yeah i mean but like if you're in that position i think most people would i i, I do agree especially I do. if it's your significant other you don't know yeah well just any family member you know i mean the Remember, that's why the father, at the end, he's, like, ready to attack Mark Wahlberg. Like, tell me about my son. Right, yeah. Uh, Is that Trace Atkins? It certainly looks like Trace Atkins. (laughs) I'm not quite sure, but maybe. Um, So, yeah, I mean, so let's let's talk about the two. It's basically almost just two acts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very much like Titanic, right? You have the happy side and then the bad side. Yeah. Um, once you get into the bad side, there's no going back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, fu- I found it was most interesting of all how we're basically told by a, however old the daughter is, 10 years old. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how these oil rigs work. And you knew right away, as soon as that coke just starts exploding, you're like, I know where this is going. Right. Like, the moment he shook up the can, I was like, what is he doing with this? And I'm like, I understood. Um, I did enjoy the build up of, like, this is the mini version of an oil rig and this is you know and everything else but i did find a lot of the dialogue and metaphors i don't want to say somewhat contrived but it was really contrived um that like added layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of irony like the audience knows what's gonna happen you go into this film you know what the event is about but it was just so many lines from everybody else like oh you didn't do that we should have done that you know, we should have done the cement test. We should have done all this. And, like, it was just so many different moments where, like, we know what's going to happen. And it, I, I don't know. I think it was just, like, one too many times. I'm like, okay, I get it. You know? Um, you know, that's one way to look. But, but also, it does explain the how and the why. Uh, and, and it's one of those, like, you know, especially in that situation, what we just talked about, like, having a certain protocol, like, you do have to sort of talk about it because, again, if you make the wrong choice, it leads to this. Um, and mm-hmm. maybe maybe that was the problem. Maybe they need to talk about it, obviously, a lot longer than just that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was, I don't know, I, you know, I, I once, I, I did feel like, okay, th- perhaps I got it, but at the same time, I was like, okay, I understand why we're doing this. Um, and it did make it interesting because they, they kept trying to, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a battle that no one was winning and that was sort of interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, and it was interesting to see like where everything, like where the holes were missing in the, the workflow, like what, what was supposed to get done, what didn't get done. And like, where, wherein lies the frustration with the coworkers who are now there and even the audience members were like, ah, these idiots should have done it because this is what it's going to lead up to. Um, I did enjoy that. Uh, and it, it made it understandable, like, oh, they didn't do a cement test, mm-hmm. which, if you know cement, it obviously bases things and keeps everything together. 
Um, but yeah, and then also, I don't know if you've ever seen Newsroom no, on I'm HBO. Not. Such a good show. Go watch it. The very first episode, the pilot, actually covers the Gulf water spill. That, that was like their first major um, news story that they had to cover. And they go into like really investigative reporting there, but there was an interview where they interviewed one of the people who was supposed to do one of the tests, and they didn't. And we're like, oh, okay. Mm. So, like, it, it showed us a different perspective, like, them actually doing different types of tests because someone else didn't do their first job. Yeah. Um, and, and I liked how it brought that story to light that some people wouldn't know. Yeah. The, the one that I... The the part that um, was a little bit contrived for me, I will admit, but at the same time I laughed because it I could see this so happening was when um, he he gets the award for like uh, the number you know the safest oil rig. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. <laughs> and he's taking the pictures, and then <laughs> you know, like within ten minutes, this is all going to hell. Yeah, like again, it was irony. It was like so many moments and lines that was just so ironic. Like I just had to shake my head. But that. But again, it, it, it's funny because, uh, and I say funny with the loosest of terms, please don't mean that I actually find this funny whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that, yeah, um, BP, they care about their public image. They don't necessarily care about the real safety, but the notion of perceived safety. Mm-hmm. And so as long as we can put on a press hit that like, oh, look, you know, another year we're the safest uh, oil rig. Woohoo. <laughs> Meanwhile... <laughs> in the background, we're arguing about doing cement tests and negative pressure tests and all that. Mm-hmm. It's like what goes on behind closed doors, which was also really frustrating. It made me like double think BP. I was like, wow. If you have a lot of money, yeah, I guess it. They it makes, spend a lot of it on their image. Yeah, but it also makes me think of all the like you know the car commercials that say like the safe voted the safest car, and I'm like, by who <laughs> and how? Right by yourself. Um, um, yeah, but like just the the. Kaluza, right? Kaluza. Mm-hmm. He was so frustrating to watch. Um and and he just like watching him and then like trying to justify like we had the whole system of civilian mentality where like, oh, sure, let's just do bare minimum of what we need to do and then everything will be okay. And he was that kind of person. I'm like, no, you should actually kinda of care about what you're doing. Indeed, indeed. Not um, because you have to, but because you should. Yeah, you know, um, but one of the one of the interesting parts that I thought they chose to include very smartly was uh, when Mark Wahlberg's character Mike Williams, you know, there there with um, Mr. Jimmy, and he's Jimmy's asking him, "Does this make sense to you?" And uh, Mark Wahlberg says, "Yeah, it does. It does. You know, it it it, it kind of makes sense. I get what he's saying." Mm-hmm. And that was a good moment because you know it. It was finally a moment where, like, as much as everyone's argued up until that point, you kind of, you know, they gave a nod to the other, to, to BP of, like, okay, maybe they're not crazy. Yeah. And, and it just shows, like, they know what they're doing. They know what's wrong. They should now actually go about and doing and fixing it. Yes. Um, absolutely. And there was another moment, like, right when they got off of the helicopter and they're, like, all yelling to each other, like, about what they just finished or what they haven't finished before they left. Um, and there was that quick moment where Wahlberg's character was like, did you hear what he says? Like, no, I couldn't. <laughs> and it, but that was, like, just a quick moment. I was like, okay, there's already miscommunication. So what else has been miscommunicated? Mm-hmm. 
That is a good point. That is a good point. Um, and especially on something like this big, like, obviously they're trying to move very, very fast, but they've got, you know, uh, I forget how many, like over 120 employees on this one thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to make one change, like you just saw, it, it, it takes at least like 20 minutes to implement the smallest of changes. Yeah. Like what it, it seemed like. Now imagine a big change. Yeah. Um, I did like that moment where, where they're like, change it, change the rig 10 degrees. And you saw, like, all the working parts of everyone doing their individual jobs just so it can move 10 degrees. That was pretty cool. And 10 degrees, like, believe it or not, that's, you know. That's a little amount. No, it's it's actually, I mean, if you really think about it, it's a big shift. Like, mm, yeah. 10 degrees, that's that's yeah. significant. Go outside, right? For anyone well, that doesn't me believe me, go outside <laughs> and walk straight and then and, and pick a goal. And then veer off 10 degrees for two miles and see where you end up. You'll be pretty far away from your destination. Big destination, I'm sure. Um, so anyway. Yeah, I, I think it was just a really cool moment, though, of like everyone actually working together. Yeah. And again, that's what, that's where like there was that, I, I will commend them, there was that beauty and awe of like, wow, we're, this is what we're capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so when humans are at their best, we're at our best. Um, when we're not, we're not. <laughs> We're at our worst, then yeah. It just comes down to motivation. I feel like we, as human beings, like if we just put the right resources into whatever, like if we really, in some senses, this is gonna be shitty. If we want like cure cancer, we'd probably do it. Mm, I mean, if we put, there's a lot of scientific things behind it too. I get that. Easier said than done. I get that, but But with the right resources, if the right resources went into like anything, you know what I mean? If we prioritize certain things. They would get done. I get it. If people are motivated enough and driven enough and we, and we wanted to achieve something, we could do it. Yes. Um, anyway, we digress. <laughs> um, which character did you like the most? Um, well, Wahlberg would, was great. But, you know, I did love Kurt Russell. He was great. Um, he like, was fantastic. He was like the father figure that needed to be stern when necessary, but everyone still loved him, obviously. I mean, they gave him an award. And in in the end, he did look out for other people. Yeah, he got hurt and whatnot, but like he still cared for people's well-being, um, things that still needed to be done, even in the moment of disaster. Like He could think quick on his feet. Like I liked him, too. He was very enjoyable. I found it very... Uh, very strange that when the crisis hit, both both Mike and Jimmy. Jimmy was showering. Mike was on Skype. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere to be found. Um, but obviously, then then that's their call to action. Like, okay, gotta gotta save everybody. <laughs> Let's go to work. Uh, I like that. It, but it was kind of good that they were away from it. Therefore, they can go into it and like help save people and help do the right things. So, I mean, if they were in the midst of it, I think it'd be a different story. Um, this is true. This is true. I agree there. Um, anything story-wise that, you know, overall, it's a very enjoyable movie. Um, but just plot-wise, very simple, very straightforward. I don't think, you know. It was very simple. Um, I wanted, like, Again, to compare to Sully, we did learn, like, after the aftermath of everything happened and what happened to Sully and his life. And we hardly got that in this film. I kind of wanted to know what did happen to the other 
people who were working on the oil rigs, what happened to the families of the ones who passed away. And I was very surprised with the very abrupt ending of this film. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know where else you could have necessarily gone with it. Um, you know, kind of like Sully and Captain Phillips, there's that moment, you know, when he's finally walking through and there's just so many cameras and he's just so, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not what he's used to, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. he's an oil guy, um, for lack of a better term and, and, and to have all these cameras on him and especially for, for a tragedy, at least like with Sully, like they're in his face because he did something good, you know, and it's not to say that he did anything wrong or bad, but, you know, he doesn't. He doesn't want to be questioned at this moment. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. And if it was, I mean, the film is called Deepwater Horizon, so it's just about the the actual place of what happened, not the, the families that were involved. But I, I think it was just like such an abrupt, it felt like an abrupt ending because we just had a whole like 45 minute sequence of fires and explosions everywhere. And then at the quick five minute wrap up at the end, you're like, oh, I guess that's it. Yeah. Well, you know, you can only do so much. I mean, in fact, um, in our rundown, I include an article to the Washington Post uh, that that sort of compares, uh, you know, Deepwater Horizon, the movie, to the actual events. And, you know, their criticism of the movie is that it digs a little bit like the, the, the problem, the reason why it arose isn't just based on what happened on the oil rig. It's, you know, uh, also BP in Houston and, and, and some of the engineers mm-hmm. and whatnot. But obviously that, to me, that would have just been too broad of a movie. It doesn't work like that. You have to, in this regard, you know, you have to pick something very singular and just kind of stick to it and, and um, you know, for better or worse. Yeah, I mean, it was easy enough to understand that, like, X, Y, and Z didn't happen, therefore this happened. And if you get too many people involved, it would just confuse and convolute the story. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understand that. And, like, I understood, like, what BP's hand was in this enough to, like, okay, they were also involved in it. Now they have to be involved in fixing it. Indeed. Um, where do you think... So Peter Berg directed this. Where does this stand in his uh, ultimate library? Have you seen a lot of his movies? We've got uh, very, uh, seen a few. we've got Hancock, Friday Night Lights. I, I imagine that's uh, up there for you. That's, it, it's that's a great film. I've actually seen a good amount of Peter Berg's. I do I do love Hancock. Um, that's a kind of a guilty pleasure movie. But I've yes, seen Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor is a really good one. That's another Mark Wahlberg one. Yeah, and he's also done Ballers and Leftovers. So, like, he he knows what he's doing. He has his hands in television and and film. And I, I definitely think, I mean, it wasn't over the top like a Michael Bay film. And I think, it, like, it had the good balance of the action of the explosion and the actual situation and what happened and then the real-life day-to-day work of everybody and all those employees on the rig. Well, I, you know, I, I, I do think there's something more powerful to to a sense of realism versus, like, let's say there, you know, I'm trying to think of a, another movie, right? But let's just say there's like a huge giant wave and like some guy is like trying to outsurf it and survive. It's like okay, that's uh, that's forced, forced dramatic, forced dramatics, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas this, if you can kind of put yourself in that situation, you're like this is a real life event and they're not blowing it out of proportion. He's just kind of dealing with it and, and, and he's trying to do it the best way. That's, 
even more dramatic to me. It, it is because that's something you can't escape. And that's what I enjoyed. And I think I liked he showed the different aspects of how the rig actually exploded. It's like, yeah, you're surrounded by oil, but you have it in liquid form. You have it in air form, like the gaseous form that who knew? Well, now that I know now watching the film, but like oxygen helped fuel some of the technology that was there. And once that got dissipated because of all the oil fumes, that also helped, you know, Cause the explosion um but so it was like not just the spilling but it's like all the other things that oil can do in the different forms it was in absolutely um you know and, and speaking of that like the the at no point did i notice like actual visual effects i thought it was just all real it looks so good i yeah i thought it was real um for the most part like all the explosions there were some moments that did definitely think it was uh, every time there was the underwater shot of you you can slowly see under the surface of the ocean bed that the mm. dirt is like slowly rising and bubbles are rising so like there's air pockets forming um that was obviously cg um and then i felt that the whole crane thing i felt that was fake even mm. though it was a valiant effort on the guy who wanted to move the crane arm to save people unfortunately that ended his life but it was a valiant effort, but I, I thought that was way CGI. I to me, I was I was all in. I didn't notice a single thing. I was like, oh, this looks fantastic. Huh. Okay. Uh part of it, you know, what helps is that the camera's constantly moving, so it you don't necessarily really get to register oh what's real and what's not. Yeah. I felt the most real part was when uh they were about ready to jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, Rodriguez and Wahlberg, um, they were at the very, very top. They had, like, I like the moment where they had to actually climb even higher mm-hmm. to jump up. And when they're talking on the platform and he's just, like, trying to calm her down before he actually throws her off, I, I that looked real. I was like, oh, my God, they're surrounded by fire. Just jump, girl. <laughs> like, go. Um, I, I like that. That was cool. And, and what, what I also liked about it just as a scene was that, you know, he throws her and then he's, like, then he obviously he goes himself. But when he's searching for her, obviously there's that moment of, did I do the right decision? Because I can't find her. (laughs) Right. And also it was scary because, like, the moment he hit the water, obviously it it explodes even more. And there's just shrapnel flying everywhere. And he's getting hit. Like, oh, was this a smart idea? (laughs) Um, I did like it. And, like, I was thinking the exact same thing uh, Williams was thinking during that. I was like, I just toss her off. Like, like blindside her and push her off. That's always the way to go. I mean, if you're, like, if you're not thinking straight, and, like, I think a lot of people wouldn't in that situation, like, the best thing to do is just, like, get them by surprise and save their life, you know? That's always been my strategy. I would have done the exact same thing. Um, so, very good. Very good. Um, Steve Jabalonski composed it, and he's in Transformers, Desperate Housewives. Yeah. Um and of course, Deepwater Horizon. So he's he's got an interesting library. Um, you know what I liked about the music? It didn't it, it didn't really like it wasn't iconic for me necessarily, but but not in a bad way. It um, it helped to serve the movie, and I thought it did that well. Because um, again, it, you know the way they chose to do it, if it was more of a documentary, matter of fact, real life, blue collar people, and so therefore, if you had you know like a Hans Zimmer score, boom, boom, right. like, no. Nah. It's a little over the top. Um, yeah, the, I think the only 
part of the movie I like actually really remember was when after everything happened and Williams is in his hotel and he's breaking down. Like literally, that was like no moment moment of dialogue it was just music and and i think that helped enhance like what he was feeling like he was so brave on the rig and then he just broke down afterwards um i i felt it and i emoted with him yeah that's actually a good point absolutely and then the kids come and all that Mm -hmm. the wife comes back and she's so happy he's alive um the the entire movie so it, it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival, and it received a standing ovation after the screening. So people oh. um, people enjoyed it right off the bat. Um, Would you give it a standing ovation? Uh, out of respect for the people at the end, yes. Okay. You know, uh, again, th- there were some flaws that I had with the movie, but overall, um, I, I thought it was good, you know. Um, which, by the way, I love. Like all the marketing, basically used the 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 scene where the girls explaining from the soda can of what's going to happen. Then we got a couple <laughs> of images. Like that was their whole marketing plan of like, let's just use this to explain what the hell the movie actually is. It's eventually going to explode. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, before we talk about the actual box office numbers. Um, the problem with this movie that people are saying why it's very difficult. This movie has an estimated budget of 156 million. That's a it, lot. It's a lot, especially for a movie like this, because you look at um, Captain Phillips, that was around 40 million. You look at um, Sully, that was around 40 million. Um, sorry, Captain Phillips was 55 million. Sully was 60 million. Bridge of Spies was 40 million. So mm-hmm. no movie has really gone beyond that mark uh, of $60 million. And so when you're basically... They not only double that budget, they, you know, they yeah. almost triple that budget. That's that's a lot. But if you think about those movies, too, they like there's not a lot of action in those films. There's It's a lot of mental thrilling um, action, I guess you can say, maybe in the mind. But physically, not a lot is going on other than the fact they're moving around a lot. That's it. Um, in this one, there's explosions everywhere, and oil is expensive. <laughs> you gotta blow shit up. And so, like, n- learning those numbers, I thought it was very, very high, too, because it is. But I'm not really surprised with how much we did see and how much was actually practical in their explosions. I believe it. I believe it. But what I'm saying is it's going to be tough for this movie to make its money if based like though that's the budget of most of these types of movies, mm-hmm. um, which you know, so getting to the numbers of what it actually did make, um, so far worldwide total is thirty two point seven million. So we're uh, we're shy a bit, <laughs> very shy. Um, it's like you know, it's it's going to take quite a bit to make this money back. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's it's kind of unfortunate too because. It is so close in time to the actual event that there are still people alive. Not as close as Patriot's Day. They, they literally, there was yeah, a trailer for Patriot's Day. I'm like, when did they make that movie? Yeah. Because the same, it's, it's Peter Berg, it's Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. And how did they make this movie? And the, the, just right onto that one. I, I mean, I, I get it. And I think it, that kind of works against them in some ways because there are people that are still alive who remember those situations and that day and maybe don't even want to relive relive it 
and won't like garner that audience and their money for that. So, yeah. well, the good news is the people that did see it, audience score is an A minus for Cinema Score. That's good. Um, Rotten Tomatoes has it an eighty three so far out of one hundred seventy four reviews. That's pretty high. It's pretty damn high. So, um, you know, critics are loving it and whatnot. Um, it's just a matter of, uh, you know. Making uh, the money back. That's it. Um, I thought this was, here's BP's take. It is not an accurate portrayal of the events that led to the accident, our people, or the character of our company, the company said in a statement. In fact, it ignores the conclusions reached by every official investigation that the incident was the result of multiple errors made by a number of companies. Mm. So it so, wasn't just BP; it was other people. Yes, yeah, so they're spreading the blame. Yeah, but like, but you were a part of it. It's it's like we had that philosophy here. It's like it's not just one person. If one person makes a mistake, we all make mistakes. And I think that was the thing, you know, for BP. Like they did, they were a part of the mistake. Yeah, they gotta accept their role in it. But uh, I also get why they're they're not trying to accept their role in this. Yeah. And apparently there was a, I believe there was a big BP settlement at the end of mm. all this, and um, the indictment charges were, were what dropped. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they so. were. Um, so there you have. It. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Um, I would recommend this to people. Like, if people have some idea of what happened, they know the oil rig exploded. And had a bunch of oil spill into the Gulf, which did cause a big environment, environmental disaster. But I think it's good for people to know why it happened. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie did a good job showing it. And I'm glad they weren't, you know, I think it's an environmental movie, but it's not environmentalist in the sense that it hits you over the head and is like, oh, you know, we shouldn't be doing this. You know, it's just matter of fact. Yeah, I think it would have added maybe just a little bit more. Um, it's like I liked at the ending, the end title credits, and we got the pictures of the actual families, and of the and the uh, actual people, and the actual rig that exploded. I think it would have been nice to do like a then and now photo, you know, like the photos of what caught like the oil spilling, and then eventually, like the Gulf mm-hmm. Coast did bounce back eventually, and I think oh, cool. like ended the film on a positive note. Uh, most positive, but well, not it's happy, not a happier note. <laughs> well, I, I think Maybe. I think they were going for a more somber note, but uh, okay. it's a choice. It's a choice. It is. All right, and we choose to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you get to choose what you want to leave as a comment below in the section. Uh, you know, we love talking with you guys. We love your guys' thoughts. Um, you guys have very good takes. Um, let us know what you guys think about the actual oil spill. What you guys thought of this movie. Is it a snuff film in any sense? Is, is it respectful of the events that occurred? Uh, definitely would love to know from you guys, so uh, let us know. And um, we've got a lot of things coming down the pipeline. Miss Peregrine's House of Peculiar Children. Home for Peculiar Children. Ah, yes. oh, Jesus. What a title. <laughs> it's a long title. Um, you know, we've got, uh, what, what do we got next week? Um, there's Maybe. A Girl on the Train. A Girl on the Train. Very anticipated movie. Very, very. Um, we might do a birth of a nation yes um we're uh, talking with uh, our sister network black hollywood live to uh, to kind of do a special for that one um and we've got a lot of stuff coming up we're, we're getting into the slowly getting into the oscar type of movies so gonna be very, very interesting summer is officially over yes. and we're we're done with summer blockbusters um we've got dr strange though 
Marvel, they don't care about summer blockbusters. They just, anytime. <laughs> care about movies. <laughs> yes. So we've got that coming up. I know Zach Wilson, uh, who guests and uh, who you guys know, if, if you're a fan, he's excited for that movie. So I'm sure he'll join with us for that. Um, and a plethora, plethora of other things, uh, including Patriot's Day, which I think comes out in December. Believe it or not. Wow, you think it would come out in March? Yeah, <laughs> you would think so. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for joining us uh, at Serafini TV. That's right. Uh, at the Popcorn Talk, um, and definitely check out other movies. Uh, Zach Wilson is in the booth. He's at that Zach Wilson, and also does a show called Sci-Fi Weekly here on Popcorn Talk. Check out all the other great shows. We've got a number of them, uh, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of the holders or principals.